Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm Will Button, and this is Adventures in DevOps. Today, I've got the co-host with the most with me, Jonathan Hall. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And today, we have our very special guest, Daniele Fontani. How are you, man? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Glad you're here. We so, had quite an adventure in DevOps this morning, or this morning, this afternoon, getting this, this recorded. It, it has truly been an adventure <laughs> sure sure. <laughs> <It's>, it, it, <laughs> sure we are talking about adventure and fisher atoms so it's it's the good combination <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey folks this is charles maxwood from top end devs and lately i've been working on actually building out top end devs if you're interested you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv, and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So we've actually got an article from you about, I'm going to pull up the title because the title just cracks me up. Triceratops, why DevOps is not only an acronym. And, and this is a great article to read. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it's that, that unique combination of being humorous and informative. And so we're going to dig into that and talk about acronyms and DevOps. But uh, first, for any of our listeners who may not be familiar with this, you want to give us a little bit about your background? Sure. I work as a CTO in Sintra Digital Business, that's a digital company. And we try to help companies for accelerating their digital uh, transformation, of course. And in this company... I I love to devise about DevOps, of course. In the spare time, I love to play with open source projects and contribute to, to the community. And I love also to write articles for sharing my, my, my opinion and, and be in touch with the community itself. So that's why also I'm here and I love to be here with you. Right on. So... Tell us, how did you get to, how did you even get to the point where you were writing an article called Triceratops, why DevOps is not only an acronym? Uh, oh, sure, sure. Uh, the, the story is quite, uh, is, is quite funny. It's quite funny because it, it comes from a previous article, my previous article that was, uh, that has a little bit provocative, provocative uh, title, DevOps is dead. Long life to our pops. Uh, where, <laughs> where in that article I write about 
why we should focus more on the app development and try to find some way to automate the application development instead of wasting a lot of time on the infrastructure. And then on Reddit, one, one user reply to the comment and tell me uh, what would be the next uh, the next one acronymous in DevOps would be Triceratop. So this make me loud so much and I told myself I will have to write an article about that. So that's how <laughs> I and I, I still I'm gonna have to use this, I have to say. I mean I, I have these conversations all the time where someone's like, Dev, what do you think about DevOps, DevSecOps, this DevSecOps, blah 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 blah. I'm, I'm gonna just start throwing triceratops in there. Sure, but, but now that we have uh, learned that the algorithm is quite simple because you can take the ops word and put something on fr- in front, in front of that. So you can be everything ops, of course, but at the end it's always DevOps. Because there are many, many, how can I say, there are many ways, many improvement of the same things. When we talk about uh, GitOps, we don't, it's not something different than the hops on the scopes and, and so on. I think that uh, at the end, what you are doing is DevOps, of course, but there are many ways to do that. There are many drivers. One driver, one important driver is about uh, automation and reduce the human effort on on the operation side and how you can do that. You can do that by implementing NoHops, you can, but at the end, what is NoHops? NoHops, of course, is using the cloud and implementing automation or using tools that that do that for you. So at the end, probably there is only one DevOps topic. I don't know what you think about that, but I don't see too many difference between to the approach, what I see is a way for putting something inside our actual DevOps process. Like the, think about DevSecOps, you know, it's, this, this is another uh, buzzword. This everybody will do that. But what is DevSecOps in the end? Is is really different than DevOps, or is really different to implement a DevSecOps process? rather than a a regular DevOps process. I don't think so, because you just have to add another, add other people into the process, add other competences into the process. If you are able to have automated tests on an application, maybe you can also automate security tests. So from a point of view, all that are buzzwords. We have to hear that buzzword because I think it's important to to have to listen to the new new trends and follow the new trends and take what is good in that. But then we have to put into into our reality. We have to put in practice what theories tells. And I think that this is the probably this is the uh, the most important thing to remember when we see some acronyms or bad word in uh, in some. Twitter or LinkedIn post, and if you if you read some title like uh, "DevOps is dead, long life to HubOps," of course, don't trust this this article. Don't trust uh, that author because probably they are trying to to tell you something not not so terrible. Probably is uh, is just something that you can add to your to your experience, but it's not something revolutionary. What else? I believe 
I be, I really believe in the no hops uh, trend. Just we talk that to, to, to don't believe the acronymous, but uh, I really love the the driver of putting less effort as possible on the operation part. And this, of course, uh, for me doesn't mean forget about that part or take some risk. Of course, you have to use an infrastructure that works, that is performant. But what you should do is to use as much as possible tools and platforms that make possible that you have to focus only on the software part. Because more time you spend on the software part, more value you put in your product. And more value has your product and more customer will will buy it. So we have to focus on what brings value to us. This can be done. This, this is possible. This is possible because we have a lot of tools in the market for automating uh, releases, an example, for automating tests, an example. We have a lot of tools that automatically build your application and deploy to an infrastructure that is fully managed, maybe, of course. And we can use hyperscaler services. Uh, but I think this is a, a very, very good driver, a very, very good driver, because every minute you spend on mounting hard drive on a server or connecting with cable to devices, is time that you that you vast, because the cloud do it do that for you and cloud services are reliable, are performant and are good. When I talk about this transformation, a lot of sysadmin are scared because they they think what will happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> a lot of people are scared by are scared by the, the kind of article I write because they they ask what what will be my future? Maybe future will be different. Will be different. I think that Everybody has to change. If, if we think about informatic science and programming 10 years ago, it's very different. And in next in 10 years, will be all, will be more different. So we are evolving. Uh, DevOps uh, is spreading and forces admin guys, uh, they have to start a transformation. Transformation could be become DevOps, but there are a lot of other things that we have to do, even if we have even if we are approaching a no-hops scenario, we will still have to monitor the application. We will still have to take care about security. We will still have to take uh, care about uh, invoices. And we are, it's easy to start a cloud service. We just have to put the credit card number into the system and you are set. But what is the, <laughs> the problem? <laughs> the problem is that every month, Every month you will have an invoice and you have to pay attention about what you are paying, what you are taking for. And this is a, this is a new job, a new job. Of course, big companies spend, spend thousands, not thousands, but hundreds of thousands of, of dollars monthly in cloud. So if you save, if you are to, if you are able to save the 10% of you use the resources or you you do improvement this is a, a good value and maybe you will stop to plug cable and you will start to take care about financial financial aspect the, the finops or another buzzword sorry for that also finops is is another trend that are, that, that is that will be important because more and more we will use the cloud more and more we will 
get invoices from the from the cloud, and more and more we want to uh, be sure to spend for what what we use. So there are a lot of new profession that this, that are that are growing near the DevOps, near the cloud. So I won't be scared. I don't want to be scared about the the end of the on premise because uh, we have always fear to to talk about that. But the on premise is 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 low in dying. I don't know for how many years we will still have on premise data center. For how many years we will still have to plug cable on uh, our data center. So. For most of us, the the time of the retirement is very long, so so we have to we have to think about what we have to do until that. So, if I were a sysadmin guys, I won't be scared about DevOps. I won't be scared about NoOps. Uh, I will take this as an opportunity of being able to change my my work, change my professional and do something that brings more value for the for the company and for myself. But probably I I see that I, I'm probably I I don't want to be too rude, but but I but I think this is the reality probably. Yeah no I agree with you hundred percent. Like there's no scenario in technology where you can get a job and do that same job for the next 30 or 40 years until you retire. Like there's just, that just doesn't exist. And if that's important to you in your career, technology is probably the wrong career path for you. Become a waiter. Right. People always want to eat. Yeah. Sure. And by the way, I was a waiter and I loved it. it, it it's, it's fun work. I'm not dissing the job. I've actually never done that. We're missing out. We just need waiter ops now. <laughs> Food ops. <laughs> and, I, and I agree. I mean, the truth is, I mean, I actually had somebody ask me the other day, aren't you concerned about shift left? Because doesn't that just mean automating more things? And my response was not really. I'm not, I mean, yes, that could be what it means or part of what it means, but somebody has to write and maintain that automation. And you know, there, un, until we invent general AI, which may or may never happen, there's always going to be people who are maintaining automation. And that's what, I mean, that's kind of what DevOps has become, right? So that this this practice is not going anywhere anytime soon. It will change sure. in every way, but it, it's it's not. We're not getting. We're not going to be replacing people with with automation. Sure, sure. But if you think not only to the technology, not related to the technology, but if you think what happened on the industrial revolution, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody nowadays uh, can think about uh, going producing a car without using machines. Right. And the, the same is uh, is in in the in the um, in programming and in DevOps and so on. If we can avoid the human effort, of course, there is no reason there is no reason to still uh, spend man days instead of money. There is no reason. Time is of the essence when identifying and resolving issues in your software, and our friends at Raygun are here to help. Their brand new alerting feature is now available for crash reporting and real user monitoring to make sure you're quickly notified of the errors, crashes, and front-end performance issues that matter most to you and your business. Set thresholds for your alert based on an increase in error count, a spike in load time, or new issues introduced in the latest deployment, along with custom filters that give you even greater control. Assign multiple users to ensure the right team members are notified with alerts linked directly to the issue in Raygun, taking you to the root cause faster. Never miss another mission-critical issue in your software again. 
Try Raygun Alerting today and create a world-class issue resolution workflow that gives you and your customer peace of mind. Visit raygun.com to learn more. Their simple usage plans start from as little as $4 per month with unlimited apps and users. That's raygun.com to start your free 14-day trial. I think one of the other things that you touched on that really resonates with me is the whole business of monitoring cloud expenses. And I think a lot of people underestimate how big of a value that is. You know, one, just to be able to help identify where those expenses are and control those costs. But for a lot of us, it may be the first time in your career when you can actually quantify the value that you bring to a company. You know, a lot of times if you're a sysadmin or an IT administrator or a network engineer, that's like a, a fixed cost. You know, you can go to any number of websites and see what your salary is going to be within a certain range. But when you get into like managing cloud-based expenses, you know, your value, your like the value you provide to be able to cut someone's cloud bill by 10% is going to be different from someone who's spending $10,000 a month on the cloud versus someone who's spending $200,000 a month on the cloud. And so 10% gives you a way to quantify the work that you're doing. And whenever you can do that, it gives you the ability to negotiate what you want as a salary, which is something that's unique to people from sysadmin, IT, even programming backgrounds. Sure. And of course, it is one of the new professions that, that, that will be very important. And of course, uh, as you told, uh, more high is the, the, the expense of the company and more you are useful in that in that role. And for us as admin guys, uh, the question is uh, where I can bring more value, plugging a cable or spending five minutes to control the cost? Probably the answer is the second one. And probably you will need uh, uh, not only technical uh, technical uh, competences, but also financial and, and other kind of competences. So this requires, this teach us another, another thing is that, that another trend that's happening is that involves uh, developers and DevOps guys and that teach us to learn not only hard skill and not only technical um, competences, but also work on the soft skill because also being able to read uh, balance or number is, is, is important for who is administrating a cloud, uh, a cloud services. And moreover, think about the scenario when you have more than one cloud provider, because a lot of companies now are implementing a multi-cloud strategy because they fear the lock-in and they don't want to stay on only one IP scaler because it could, it could fail and it, what if they, there is some issue? So they stay multi-cloud. But multi-cloud is harder to maintain because you have services spread along multiple vendors with different pricing models with different invoices, and this is very hard to manage. And it is very easy to forget about unused resources, left active some servers, an example that you are not using, and this need attention and more need attention. The, the fact that in this complex scenario, there are also security, security problems that you have to monitor. So 
cloud uh, is a very good opportunity for people that are more related with hardware to grow and to start a new career probably and bring more value to the companies and bring more value to itself because for what I see on on job advices, uh, DevOps professionals are very, very well paid in, in the world and more and more paid. So this is another thing that we have to take in account at the end. Yeah, very good. Good observations. I think it's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about this until now, but I deal a lot with people who are starting their DevOps careers and a lot of the focus is on the technical skills. But from your perspective, like there's a a huge or what feels like a huge unserved market of these other skills, you know, the financial skills and the communication skills and like the the business skills to be able to translate business requirements into DevOps or infrastructure requirements and then quantify that. You're right. I probably have not a, a clear answer. It is hard to quantify this amount of, uh, of competences. But even in the in the programming world, developers need to be more, more, more and more able to, to communicate with teammates. Uh, and also, I don't know if, if, you, if you remember, maybe 10 years ago when we had uh, software developer and then architects. With the cloud, each developer has to be more architect and less developer because you, if you know which which uh, piece take from the cloud and put together, you will save a lot of time. So uh, competences are, are really changing and having good soft skill helps a lot. Uh, on DevOps career, Probably the most important, the most important soft skill I can imagine is the communication one because you often are in the middle between uh, software and infrastructure, and you have to understand what is happening. Often uh, it's hard to find the, the true between uh, between software and infrastructure when software doesn't work. So we have to be good communicator don't be scared about the issue because because when issues happen in production you still have to find solution very quickly and and also problem solving is a very good competence that you have that you need the things that scare me about uh, soft skill it is that is very hard to to develop the, the the soft skill, so there are not courses that you can buy on Udemy or or, or on some other training platform for being uh, able to communicate on something like that. So this is a good question. This is a good question. Probably I don't have an, a good answer for that. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree a hundred percent. Maybe that can be our next ops acronym as we create a uh, we create a generator framework for communications. <laughs> it just automatically generates the right buzzword for you to say at the right time. And <laughs> well, sure. Did you ever speak Pig Latin, Will? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we might be onto something here. We could do something like that. Just, just add <laughs> off to the end of every word in your sentence. <laughs> this is what happens when Chuck leaves us alone to do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I convince him never to leave us alone again. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I liked your article. I, I like the point. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's basically a joke now, isn't it? You can just add ops to everything. I mean, we were making a literal joke about it, but 
like in the industry, it's a joke. You can just call anything ops, baseball ops and football ops and people ops and whatever. It's almost lost its meaning. But you, you really make a good point. You know, the, the principles are essentially the same. The idea of making things simpler through through the use of automation and, and tearing down silos. And, and that's that's valuable, whatever you want to call it, whether we call it DevSecOps or DevOps or, or whatever. It's a it's a great goal and it's proven very valuable. Sure. Agreed. So when you talked about so you, this article was was uh, inspired by a comment on your previous article, which is about app ops. Was, sure. was that was that intended as a as a sort of tongue in cheek or or sarcasm or a joke or was that what was your what was your point about app ops? Sure, sure. App ops is why I told never trust who is writing article like DevOps is dead, long life yeah. to app ops because exactly. this is a, a little bit clickbait uh, title, of course, <laughs> and, and of course. But we we have also to find a way now for being read, so we have to put such kind of title to be read. But the content of the article talks about still talks about the principle of finding a way for putting your attention on apps instead of infrastructure. And this this is important to remember, especially when you adopt uh, some some tool like Kubernetes, an example, that is a very, very good tool and can be used cloud and simplify your life, but need a strong governance. And in this article, I, I find a way for, for finding tools, uh, for finding tools that could be uh, able for, to, to simplify to simplify the Kubernetes, the Kubernetes governance and let you focus just on the source code development. And doing that, what happened? Happened that you write the code and you describe how the application should be deployed and everything is done by itself. So don't worry about pods, services, scaling, virtual scaling, and so on. So this is a good way for starting approaching Kubernetes and the deployment itself uh, in a different way. So just take the source code and describe how the application should be deployed. Don't worry about what will happen because you can support that there will be a tool that will take this information or will translate this information into an infrastructure for your application. Good. Thank you. you brought up a really good point earlier, and I, and I want to highlight it because I think there's a lot of hidden value in it. You mentioned specifically in, in regards to app ops that that puts the value on the things that your customers are paying you for, right? Because And I've, I've heard this stated multiple ways in the past, but basically like no customer is ever buying your product because of, because of how you built your Docker files. Right, they're they're paying you for the service that you're providing, and and I think that's really important. You know, it's not to say that like creating good, efficient, secure Docker files is not important because it is, but it's important to keep it in perspective. In like, what's its role in the business of generating money for this company? Sure, man. This this is hard to say because we, as technicians, we love to to let the customer how we are doing things, and we put a lot of effort for keep possible that the product works for writing code. Uh, I mean, creating good infrastructure, but the, the customer basically don't mind about that. Uh, he is. So, it, this is not important that the software is 
safe because he knows the software is safe. It is a requirement. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so, so we we cannot. It's not surprised if if you tell that you are doing the best. You are using the best tool ever. It is supposed to you to, to use. So it's important to keep a, to pay attention to where the money comes from. And when I when I tell product, I'm not referring only to startups or. SAS product, but every company, every company uh, has a core business. Uh, in this core business, uh, there is inside some part of the ETO. Nowadays, we we cannot start a, uh, run a company without some IT, some software development, and this is part of the product. But you have to pay attention. You have to be able to move your attention, your mess days, and your mind to the software development, to the application development, to the feature. And if you can find a way for using a tool or solution that works by itself and you can buy. So you cannot forget about infrastructure. You cannot forget about DevOps and so on, but you have to find a way for buying things that works without human effort. This is my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Here, here. All in favor, say aye. <laughs> <laughs> Motion passes. All right. What else should we talk about? Sounds like we have consensus then. It was a great adventure. It was. <laughs> we solved the world. We did. Sure. We just need the right acronym to sell it. Right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. When you will discover a new acronym, just let me know. I will write a new article on that. So. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> I must be the first one writing an article on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get that first round SEO clickbait. (laughs) Sure, sure. It's essential. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, we ready to wrap this episode up? Yeah, I guess we need some picks, don't we? We do. Yeah. So, Daniele, at the end of each episode, we do we do a pick. It can be something technical related or not technical related. Just something to... um, has piqued our interest, and then uh, we use that as our pick. So we'll uh, throw out our picks. Then, if there's something, um, something for you that you would like to share with the listeners, um, we'll give you a chance to do that. Okay. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. All right, Jonathan, you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, I wasn't prepared, actually, even though I reminded <laughs> you, I wasn't prepared. 
But I guess I'll go with the pick. Uh, so I actually used to work for the company that makes the product I'm going to pick. But my wife and I just bought our second Bugaboo stroller. Uh, Bugaboo makes some really nice strollers. So we, we have one we had since my son was born almost a year ago. But we wanted a new one that's more compact that will because we just went on a long road trip uh, and it was a little bit of a pain to pull it in and out of the trunk. So Bugaboo has a new stroller called the Ant, which actually collapses into a size that will fit in an overhead compartment on an airplane. So oh, wow. we, we just got the stroller earlier this week, put it together, and we haven't actually flown with it yet, but it looks nice. It's a sturdy stroller. It's nice quality stuff. They are a little bit on the expensive side, but they are high quality and they have a high resale value. So after your kids outgrow your your bugaboo, you can resell it and get and recoup a big portion of your investment. So that's my pick for this week, bugaboo. Nice. Yeah. And some of those are, are absolutely huge. They're like monster truck sized strollers. Yeah, they, they have they have a twin one that actually fits two kids next to it. So if you have twins or you have two children that are that are both stroller age, they don't have to be the same same age, but you could have an infant with a two-year-old, for example. Uh, you can put them side by side. So yeah, they, <laughs> they have quite a range of different options. Nice. All right. So my pick for the week is going to be a non-technical pick. It's a new book I picked up. Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave from Ryan Holiday. And it's I'm just getting started into it, but it's it's really cool. I've read multiple Ryan Holiday books, and I think he always does a great job of like relating everyday struggles back to like how how philosophers would handle that, you know, and how to stick to your your moral code. And so this one it's actually recently written. It's very relevant to the world that we live in today. And I'm enjoying it. So if you're looking for like a how-to guide for 2021 and what comes in the future, Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave by Ryan Holiday. You say a how-to for 2021, but you mean a how-to have done it already? The 2021, well, there's like two weeks left when this episode comes out. Well, it could be a busy two weeks. It could be, I suppose. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> All right, Daniele, how about you? You got anything to pick for us? I'm good. I'm waiting for some for my rest in, uh, in in the Christmas uh, holidays because I need that. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our episode. Daniele, thank you so much. This has been a thank really you. fun episode. It's been a really cool topic. I've enjoyed it. Thank you really for this chat. It was very, very interesting. And sorry for the technical problems with connection. But at the end, I'm very happy that we find a solution in this adventure DevOps. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do is find <laughs> solutions, right? Sure. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And see you guys. Until next time. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.